Hey guys, welcome to Sea Generation. I am your host, Manny Nunez. Our conversation today is with Daryl Silva. Now, Daryl Silva is an entrepreneur that has been in the film industry for over 20 years now. He's had, he has always worked in the entertainment industry in some way, shape, or form. And it was awesome to talk to him about his journey of being an entrepreneur, how that translates to family life, how that translates into his faith, politics. The awesome part about this interview is that we don't just stay on one single topic. It's not one dimensional. Definitely a conversation that I think that you guys are going to get a lot out of. So let's get to it. Hey, Daryl, how you doing? Good. How you doing, Manny? Doing well. It's been a long time since we've actually spoken. Yes. Yes, indeed. I, I do keep up with you from time to time. I see you come up on my feed. Okay. Nice. Yeah, very, uh, very passionate. Yes, indeed. <laughs> very passionate. Like a lazy man, okay? Definitely uh, more, more gray hair than I remember. It seems like... Um, a lot, I've seen a lot more videos of you lately in the past like year than I had in, in quite a while. Okay. Yeah. In what context? Um, I think a lot of it um, is with the Boston Dad stuff that I've okay. seen come up. Yep. And I, I saw a video about your family. I think you guys got a place maybe? Yes, I'm here Home? now actually. Yes, and the best part is we have air conditioning and I'm sitting oh, right nice. under it as we speak. Where, where are you? In Florida. Florida. Yeah, you know, I can nice. drop slang. I don't even say Florida. I say Florida. <laughs> yep. Florida. That's a big change from Massachusetts. It is. It is. Yes. Yes, it is. Well, I mean, you know, when you're you're married, God bless, and you have children, you have to do what's best um, as a husband and as a father. And it was the right move to make for the family. So mm. it's been now quite some time and it's been a blessed move indeed and uh the, the kids god bless them they're doing wonderful and so is my wife so it's a blessing how long have you have you been in florida now oh gosh let's see we came down here initially what was it um february 2014 i want to say oh yeah so wow. i mean for several years um I was back and forth between here and New England a lot, quite a bit, doing a lot of work up there. And then also my mother was there and, uh, you know, I was helping take care of her. So, I mean, you know, I was there almost as much as I was here, but now it's been at least a, a full couple of years of being here. Right. Nice. So um, before we kind of dig into, so the reason why I wanted to have you on is mm -hmm. um, obviously you do a lot of creative projects and that's how i actually met you uh one of my yes. friends our mutual friend hans invited me hans. to one of the viewings one yep. of the viewings of, of your movie mm -hmm. of one of the movies that you had uh made at the time yep and uh, i also see a lot of stuff going on in social media with you so i figured i'd have you on and dig into that but even before we get into the meat and bones of what you're doing today i want to kind of take a step back and kind of see, like, who is Daryl as he's growing up? Like, are you always passionate about film? Are you this creative? Like, who, who are you growing up? How does that look like, your upbringing? Um, it was interesting, to say the least. I was born in Lawrence and raised between Lawrence and Methuen. And 
my grandparents had a very, uh, very much of a leave it to beaver um, type um, house. So it was very spiritual, uh, very religious, but not over spiritual, not over religious. They weren't uh, smokers. They weren't drinkers. Um, they were up in age at that time. They were very old-fashioned, very loving, very beautiful. And my parents, God bless them, doing the best they could um, were, or my home life there uh, was exactly the opposite. So in my home life, other than going to my grandparents, I had experienced a lot of things like uh, watching alcoholism, watching abuse, watching addictions, um, things like that come into play. I mean, it wasn't always bad, but there was certainly a level of a lot of that that came into play. There were a lot of very interesting characters that walked in and out of our life. Um, you know, various people like drug, big, big, big drug dealers and, you know, mafia types and things like that. So I saw a lot at a very young age. So uh, again, there were days at home that were absolutely amazing. So it wasn't all bad, um, but it definitely caused myself and my siblings, I believe, to grow up very, very quickly. And I think it definitely tailored, I believe it was God's intent, uh, definitely tailored my gifts and talents that he had given me to be an artist or to be a filmmaker because and also a pastor as well, which I'm also a pastor, uh, because it gave me a great amount of grace for people because the people I loved probably the most were very faulted, to say the least. And I just saw a lot of scenarios that really, I believe as an artist, really help you a great deal because it's, uh, it takes your story level or storytelling level to another whole plateau. Um, as far as the Boston dad, you mentioned that, the comedy, um, you learn how to make fun of situations that are not necessarily always funny. You learn to find humor in everything. So yeah, upbringing was very interesting, but I was abundantly blessed because as dysfunctional as home life could have been at times, it wasn't always, um, I also had a refuge of where to escape to and where to go to as well, being my grandparents. So I was very, very blessed to say the least. Now, um, how do you start? Um, actually, you made a, an interesting point before I even get into that, that I, I want to talk to you a little bit about, because I've been thinking about this lately. So um, I don't know if you've been, uh, well, you don't even have to be on TikTok. Like you, you see this on Instagram, anywhere that you go, where, yeah. so let's say somebody is showing a video. And I think that the one that I'm thinking of recently, it was a, a little girl, she's 18 months crazy and she's like snowboarding right and it's like really? amazing it's like crazy like i can't even yeah. do that right no I and uh you see you know a lot of comments that are like oh man that's so cool that's awesome but inevitably in these videos you always see this one person and i've seen like is is the same tagline it's like mm -hmm. i've lost somebody to x so this is not funny to me or, or i can't believe that this this girl, little girl's not wearing a helmet or like there's somebody it's in, in the comments is always trying to take either this positive thing or this thing that's meant to be funny. And yeah. now they're like completely sh shifting that view. And it's, uh, I don't know, it's been, it's been getting to me a little bit more lately was like, man, like, can we just have fun and something that's meant to be funny, take it as funny and not like try to flip it and turn it on its head. 
Yeah, I mean, absolutely. But I think a lot of that, what you have to really remember, as I, I truly believe a lot of those folks are truly unhappy in life, and they always want to be able to, you know, find something that's doing well and bring them down. Um, I think I think people in general have a deep amount of insecurities, mm-hmm. and I think if they're not happy with themselves in their own life, they see something going well or doing real. Um, they might, you know, their TikTok might not be doing good or they might have a video and be like, man, I wish mine could get this attention or whatever. Let me break them down. So it comes from a place of insecurity and unhappiness. And you know, it's funny you mentioned all of this, what it brings up just earlier. Um, I was saying to myself, there was somebody who, um, was posting about their YouTube channel, um, Uh, growing like to an immense level or whatever the case may be. And there was somebody who recently, a couple weeks ago, their TikTok was growing, you know, to an immense level. And I just have felt this year as an artist, I'm just going to be very bold. Uh, Whether you're in ministry, you're an artist, no matter where you are, you have to be careful because there's a level of insecurity and jealousy that takes place. So you might see somebody at a level where you want to be at, and you you might see them at that level, and it might, for whatever reason, hurt you, discourage you, make you upset, make you angry. And what you want to do is somehow break that person down. But if you flip that, and you build that up and encourage them, that really does something amazing for you. So I've been enjoying, you know, encouraging people lately, like this person who posted about their YouTube. I sit back and I go, wow, they're really growing quick or whatever. And I just like, you know what? They found their niche. They found what they love and they're driving forward. Let me encourage them. Person with their TikTok, I did the same thing a couple of weeks ago. Let me encourage them. And I think we need to be more of that versus what was what has been happening in the last year, especially politically, whereas we're just fighting each other all the time, you know? So, uh, yeah, I think that's where that comes from, Manny, is just anger, hatred, insecurity, unhappy with your own life. And, yeah, that's not good. Yeah, it's, um, it's, it's interesting to me um, that, um, you know, if you are unhappy with the situation, and, again, every person is different and every person has their struggle. And I was actually speaking with um, – a personer, she's a personal counselor, and she's like a resource for, the, for um, her community in Texas, I believe. Nice. And, wow. uh, you know, we were speaking, and she, her job is to essentially give people the tools that they need to help themselves. So she's not there to, like, to necessarily, like, fix things for them, but give yeah. them either new perspective or new tools that they can utilize to grow and be happy with themselves or their situation. So it almost like, you know, I think of these people and I get frustrated, but then at the same time, I look at the other side and like, and I think about, well, maybe they don't have the tools or the, or the, or they don't know the way to overcome something that at the end of the day, like it's heavily dependent on, on you and and what you decide to do. Absolutely. 100%. 100%. I love it. Yeah, and I feel like we should uh, we should try to encourage or at least get more more um, more people speaking about that. Um, but going back to like for example the boss and dad, the stuff that you've been doing, do you? Um, and you mentioned how either you know looking at other people that are growing. How does that um, how does that affect you? And how does that um, kind of uh, I don't want to say dictate, but influence the way that you show up on camera? Because I'm sure you take into account maybe the people 
that may be offended, quote unquote, by this or the people that are doing things well? And, and at the same yeah. time, how do you stay true to, to you and what you want to do? You know, it's interesting because I'm not a one dimensional um, person. And I, I've been looking forward to for some time, like just kind of playing around with other characters. And I was able to do that. I think last week I did a video and it was, of course, because the Super Bowl was coming up. The Tom Brady won the playoffs. And I was, you know, I always get into um, that whole stick when Brady does well. And I thought Brady would be dropped like a bad habit once he left the Pats. But no, not at all. So I started to play around with different characters. I played at a with um, a Riqueño. You know, I played a Lebanese guy. Um, and I played at a, uh, I don't know what you want to call him, wannabe thug type guy or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so it was a lot of fun and, um, it did, it did well. And, you know, the reviews were really good. So I'm looking forward to doing more of that, but I kind of fell upon the Boston dad by accident. We were doing tons of, uh, parody videos we did pumpkin spice we did fat gotta go bringing chubby back and just a lot of different things and i just had one concept in mind where we moved to florida and my kids lost their boston accent and their love for the pats and we did one it did very very good and that's when it was just youtube manny just YouTube, bro. <laughs> and those were the days where you could, you had your YouTube video, you dropped it on Facebook, and boom, it just like blew up. But now, as you know, um, and I'm back to concentrating more on YouTube versus Facebook for various reasons. Um, and I'm glad you're focused on doing the same because you could easily make this a Facebook thing versus a YouTube right. thing. So I want to encourage you. It's at first, or just in general, a little tougher to get the numbers because you're going YouTube to Facebook. Facebook will give you that immediate affirmation fix where you're like, whoa, look at the numbers. And it's going to play with your heart and play with your head. But stick with YouTube, I'm telling you. Um, Facebook, if you're listening to this, don't block me, please. <laughs> but, um, and it just, we, and then concept after concept, idea after idea started to come into my head. But um, I'm still enjoying the Boston dad thing. But I'll tell you, I just this year, I had a conversation with my family recently. I got to remember what my roots are. Boston dad is just a character amidst the gifts and talents in which I bestow as a writer or a director or actor. But it can't be my primary. So mm. um, my primary is a, uh, as a filmmaker, which is what you came to see with Hanzo. God bless him, which is the mob movie boys that, yeah. you know, to God be the glory, went on to win, you know, seven awards around the country. And that was my 100% focus. And that was it. Then I started to do commercials. Uh, Hans, God bless him, helped me work on a couple of them. Um, Parody. Started one of them, right? Yes, yes, absolutely. You know it, bro. And you look, you're getting better looking with age. God bless you. Yeah. <laughs> so, and then I started to do a bunch of different stuff, but it's, it becomes a little challenging because when you're multidimensional, you're doing a film, you're a pastor, you're um, doing Boston dad, you're doing all this. You have to kind of come back and go, what is my focus? What do I want to do? What do I want to concentrate on? And um, that's where I'm at this year is really trying to find a balance and go, okay, 
how many Boston dads do I want to do? How often do I want to do them? My, you know, I share sermons, you know, and I just found a more unique way of doing so just recently, which I'll start doing in the next week. Um, you know, so you want to do that. You don't want to get away from that love. And then also I'm really fiending to do our next feature film, which I'd have, I've had written now for a few years. And I want to try to get that off the ground this year. We did our uh, most recent short film, which is on YouTube called Finding Freedom, right before the pandemic hit. And we released it, I think, just this last fall. And that's done well. So I don't want to lose that. So I've I'm trying to find my focal point at this point in time. And um, I try to tell other artists and stuff like that, you know, find what your true passion is and go for it, but do it because you love it. Um, not because I want to be TikTok famous or YouTube famous or, you know, and then don't get discouraged when you see other people getting to a certain level and you're not there yet. If anything, get encouraged to know that it's possible for you right. as well. You know, so, yeah, I hope that answers your question. You know, it, it's kind of funny you um, you mentioned that because I think that a lot of uh, people that have, like, this creative, I just want to say, like, this creative thing inside of them, um, oftentimes we go into many different directions. Like, I'm thinking yeah. about myself. Like, obviously, I have, you know, I have my career in, in IT, and I love it uh, because I get to uh, solve problems, and that intrigues me. It's like a puzzle, you know, yeah. I have, you know, my drawing stuff. I enjoy that, you know, bringing things to life. You know, sure. I have like the, you know, the video stuff that I'm doing. So you always have all these directions. And most of the people that I meet that have that creative kind of itch tend to have all these different um, things that they're passionate about or interested in. And I'm curious, like, as you're contemplating uh, all the different things that you're able to do that you've been gifted and, yep. and, and I'm sure you have the talent to do them all, how do you... As, as you're processing, I mean, I'm sure you haven't, I think you mentioned that you're still in the process of thinking about which one you're going to try to focus on. How do you, what are you thinking about? Can we, can we see your thought process a little bit on the things that you're taking into account? Yes, definitely. Um, well, the, the one thing I started doing recently is when you're self-employed um, as an artist, it's, it's easy for you to just make your own hours or do things the way you do or more, you know, whatever the case may be. But I started to recently um, get to the point where I said, you know, if you have to show up at, as a at a job, excuse me, at 8 a.m. until 5 p.m., you know you're going to be parked there. You know you're going to be there. Um, you got to first look at your, your art or your creativity in that same light. Um, and I believe it goes with anything else, you know. Um, you have to plan, you know, you have to have not only just goals, but you have to actually have a plan because if you don't have a plan, it's like saying, okay, I got all this stuff to do today and you don't write it down. I guarantee you it's like going into the supermarket and in your head, you're like, <laughs> I got to get all these things, but you're going to leave forgetting something. Well, it's the same way. Actually go old school. If you want to do it on your computer or phone, that's fine. But write down what it is that you want to do and devise that plan and actually go after it and make it happen. You know, actually do it and say, okay, it's Tuesday, Tuesday. I am going to write the next Boston Dad video. Wednesday, I'm going to film it. Thursday, I'm going to edit it for a, I'm just throwing this out there, a Friday release. Um, 
And then, you know, if you're going to do or share a sermon and Sunday nights is the nights, a lot of times we do our Facebook lives with the sermon. Cool. I'm going to work on the sermon Saturday. And then it's tough, Manny, because a Boston dad idea might come into your head and all of a sudden you switch out on your Apple, you know, the page where you're working on your sermon, you start writing, you got to say, no, I got to be disciplined. You know, so it's taking a lot of that. And I will be honest with you because, and I believe um, a lot of it comes from childhood, you know, not being able to structure so well. Um, It's easy to be all over the place, but you really have to break it down and go, no, this is what we are fixating and concentrating on today, this week, have a plan and just go for it. Because at one point in my life, I was one dimensional. It was filmmaking, only filmmaking, mom movie boys. That's all it was about. Boom. But now, oddly enough, getting older, it's supposed to go in reverse. It's going the other way. And there's all these other things coming into play. So you really just have to have a plan and you have to be willing to follow through. When I did the Boston Dad with the multidimensional characters, um, I'll tell you that that particular day was a day like right here, right now. Um, my wife and my daughter are at Disney. My son, God bless him, is with his friends. Um, I have this place to myself right now, which this works out great. That particular day, I did. I was exhausted, but I said, I don't get this every day. If at much at all, I've got to get it done. And I, it felt so good to just do it. You know? <laughs> You've got to be willing to just do it. Um, I meet so many people, Manny, that are so talented, that have so many great ideas, and, but they just are afraid of what people will say. They're afraid of their feedback. They're afraid of their TikTok account saying nine followers. They're afraid of their YouTube channel getting 10 views and two subscribers. They're, they're so afraid of what people think, not understanding that everybody starts somewhere. Right. You know, and you got to at least get through the beginning. But so many people I see old accounts, you know, uh, you know, that have not been around like forever and people that just started and even some people that started and did amazing. But then they hit that one video that did really poor and they're like, yeah, they just gave up. One of our makeup artists for one of our videos was getting compliment after compliment. And uh, all of a sudden somebody got on there and just dissed one of her makeup jobs. She not only removed herself from being tagged in the video because I tagged her in it, she uh, removed herself from Facebook. And I'm like, dude, really? You're going to be that, you know, hurt over that? And, but I get it. When Boston dad first started, everyone's like, Oh my God. Oh, it's so awesome. And then when it started to get bigger, go, it went third party onto other sites. Woo! It's the first time in my life I experienced hate. And it came in friggin' droves. (laughs) And it never felt good, but I'm like, darn it, I'm going to let that drive me, not cause me to give up. But that's what they want. they like, man, I got to do whatever I got to do to bring him or her or them down because I am unhappy. I've got to spread some unhappiness. But you're here. I'm here to do the opposite. That's right. And um, it's just, it's, it's interesting, right? It's like, um, I think that some people maybe, you know, they have one video, like right at the start, it goes viral. And it's almost like, if you don't go through growing pains to an extent, it's almost like you don't even know how to deal with certain things. 
Yeah. So it almost sounds like your experience, you know, maybe your makeup artist, you know, it's not something that she was used to. She, no. you know, received that one thing and she's like, I'm out versus, yeah. you know, you to an extent you've, uh, you know, you've, you've been at this for a while that when these things come, they're not necessarily deterring you. They're encouraging you because, mm. you know, that means that in some way, shape or form, you're relevant, right? If you start getting haters, then you must be doing something right. Yeah, you know? that was the point. <laughs> yeah, all the people that are, you know, family, friends or whatever, yeah, that was the first thing that came along and did. And then they'd go and they'd try to debate with the people and I'd get on there and diffuse that because it's, it's, there's no point. They'd have to be saved by Jesus himself, you know what yeah. I mean, in order to have that revelation. Other right. than that, it's hard to take people out of that. You know, it's only God, God who's so amazing can do that. Um, other than that, no, it's, it's got to be an act of God. It has to be. Mm-hmm. And know? I think, um, man, this social media is so new to our lives in general. I mean, it's only really, really picked up in the last like 10 years, maybe. So I don't think wait, like wait. as humans, we know how to really interact. Like we don't connect our keyboard to a real human being and the effect yeah. that we could potentially have on somebody. Like that person that did that comment um, for your makeup artist, I'm sure that nowhere in their mind is like, I'm going to get this person to completely erase their Facebook, you know? No, but it's, you know, you can imagine the root of where that comes from. But mm. I'm sure if he knew that, which I, I assume, no, I don't think he would. He, they'd probably be an extreme level of happiness. Like, right. yes, you know, oh. it's, like, it's like the enemy, right? The enemy comes to yeah. steal, kill and destroy, you know, so that the enemy uses stuff like that in order to do that to people. But it's sad because that shows that there's already a root there in her to be easily wounded like that so that's right. you know that's tough yeah. but um no it's i had somebody at salisbury beach actually a couple of years ago um right around the time i was moving my mother there we were hitting the beach a lot i was filming a lot of videos at salisbury and um so much footage i i still recycle some of that now and post those videos like they're new and people are like oh my god you're at salisbury i'm like obviously not because it's like <laughs> mounts of snow and you know whatever and it's funny because even the market basket footage that i posted about a month ago thank god no one read into it they're like oh you're back i'm like if you notice no one's wearing the mask at the market including <laughs> myself you know so it's like you know it's funny but a guy came up to me uh, at Salisbury. He was very nice. God bless him. I think he was from Haverhill. And he's like, Boston dad, whatever not. Nice to meet you. I see your stuff on the Haverhill page or whatever. And he goes, I got a video I'm releasing tomorrow that's going to go viral. Oh, whatever. I'm like, thinking to myself, I'm like, oh, that's cool. Congrats. That's awesome. And, and he knew um, it was going to go viral. I, and I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, dude, that's not what it's all about. It's you got a video you're releasing tomorrow you are excited about. And he released the video, God bless him. He tagged me or sent it to me. I forget. I think it, you know, didn't get much at all. It was cool. It was a nice video. And he never posted again. I'm oh. like, oh. So I did, I did encourage him. I messaged him something or whatever. He never messaged back. And I'm like, you know, um, you know, he already kind of went into it with this idea that if it doesn't do well, that means he doesn't have it or, you know, no, dude, I've, I've done videos. I think four or five of our videos have gone viral over the last four or five years. Uh, Boston dad videos. Um, one of them is actually the short film, uh, forgiveness. It's a human trafficking, uh, forgiveness theme. And that, that went viral on YouTube. That, that was filmed actually in Lawrence Hans, 
actually, I think, helped me with some of that filming. Oh, yeah? Uh, he'll nice. know. Yeah, some of it was filmed at Man Orchards in Methuen, Italian Feast. You see me, I was like 320, 320 pounds, you know, yeah. eating the sausage sub. That's, some, that's something we should that. talk about some, at some point in our conversation. Yeah, because, uh, I think that's what I said, Han, do you want a sausage sub? Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I'd love one. You know, <laughs> uh, I love you, Hans, if you're watching this. I miss you so much. But, you know, it's, um, you know, we had four or five of them that went viral, but then the ones I thought would go viral that I worked my bum off on did all right. You know, it's like, you just don't know. Yeah. You try to recreate magic that, Oh, that went viral. All right. Let me do something just like it or similar. No, it just, it is what it is. You know, it's like a song, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's interesting. Cause, uh, I have experienced myself, there's been plenty of videos where I'm like, oh, this is going to be great. I'm going to, you know, you put all this effort, you yeah. put it out there yeah. and uh, crickets. And then a video that you on a whim just record and put it up there. Nobody's going to see this yep. and get some traction. It's, uh, it's pretty yeah. interesting. I think that you make a fair point and, and I'm curious to hear your thoughts on this is that, you know, you almost, when it comes to this whole social media stuff, you got to make sure that your heart is in the right place and Preach. that Woo! your only motive is not just getting these likes, you know? Yeah, come it's on, like, bro. I'm getting goosebumps. You see the hair? <laughs> I'll show you the hair on my back too. Hold on. No, no I actually don't have any, thank God. But um, no, exactly. And that's, you know, I always say that too. It, it, dude, I'm telling you, man, this is beautiful. I said to God in the last year, one of my biggest prayers was, as I said, and I actually stopped. Um, some friends of ours asked my wife, I think at one point, hey, how come he's not doing any videos right now? Or how come he's, we haven't seen much or whatever? I forget how long the hiatus was. It was a couple months, whatever, a few months. And I just had to make sure, I wanted my heart to be in a good place, a pure place. You know, because I see that even from people in ministry sometimes. And I'll watch stuff or whatever not. And I'm no one to judge by any means. But my discernment's kind of telling me, yeah, that's not... It's not coming from a pure place, a pure heart. It's like, let me get some attention or let's, I know this is going to generate likes or views or comments. And I don't ever want it to be about that because you always end up at an empty place. Um, you know, we lived in LA. I met my wife in LA. I met many, many people in the movie industry, movie stars, um, you know, from all facets. I worked the Oscars. I worked the SAG Awards. I worked the Golden Globes. I was blessed to have conversations. My wife for two years worked for Cameron Crowe, um, who directed Almost Famous, Vanilla Sky, Jerry Maguire. Had to, I had conversations with him. I was dressed as the Easter Bunny, holding his Oscar <laughs> for best, um, best movie or best writer. And any artist will tell you that it has become the pinnacle of what everybody now wants to be, which is famous. It's not all what it's cracked up to be. And mm. I always tell people, I could be wrong. I believe for the first year, you'll be in your glory. Oh, my God, you just walk into a place and you're recognized. People say, you'll just feel like just on another, in another plateau, another world. But after that first year, I guarantee you it starts to get old. It, mm -hmm. I guarantee you. And if you look at like One Direction or any music group, or any, they start out looking so nice, so fresh and then they start looking worn and they start looking angry and they start looking thugged and they start looking unhappy. And they, and this is after all the multitudes of women, 
you know, because let's be bold, let's be honest, you know, that's a lot of guys drive, you know, when they want to make it famous when they're younger. Oh, my gosh, you know, I just want to have droves. Well, Elvis had droves, and Elvis still in some form or fashion, not directly, but killed himself. Uh, I mean, multitudes of, of food addiction, multitudes of pill addiction, multitudes of depression, could have had, I'm just being bold on this interview right now, could have had 30 women, you know, laying there with them. Has had it, I'm sure. Didn't do it for him. You know, I mean, all the stuff you can think of. Jim Carrey says, I wish everybody could be famous, you know, for however length of time to see it's not all what it's cracked up to be. Cameron Diaz has said it. I mean, multitudes. People have gone absolutely out of their mind because they just want to return to what they call normalcy. But yet we live in a society today. And I think, I think a lot of it's TikTok. Um, and I'm not knocking TikTok of like, I want to be famous. I want how many subscribers you have, how many likes, how many follows and people jump on social media. Cause they're like, Oh, I feel so lonely. I feel so dark. I feel I, I need some attention. What can I throw out there? What can I say? That's just going to give me an hour of fix or two hours. And it, we got to get away from that. We got to go back to the source, you know, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> we have to bro. Amen. We have to, you know, I know I'm, you know, I just, we have to, we have to, look at the source because when we're looking at all that it's we're going to come up empty because you're going to do great on one video but what's going to happen after a week or two look at you know um you know um ain't nobody got time for that or chewbacca mom (laughs) people that made it god bless them on ellen or it it dies out after a month or two people are quick bro they're on to the next thing in a heartbeat where and you're left standing there like I was on Good Morning America two months ago, but now if so-and-so's on Good Morning America, now it's about Gundam stuff. I mean, I'm going way back, you know, whatever. But you can't depend on that five minutes. You've got to find that longevity. And I, I pray to God now. I say, what is it you would have me do? You know, so. What's, um, what's the attraction? What's the attraction to, uh, to fame? Like, why, why is it that we want it so bad? Like, from your perspective, what do you think that is? I, I, people love to be affirmed. People love affirmation. People love attention. Um, they just A and A, A A. You know, people love attention. They love affirmation. People love want to be loved. They want to be liked. You know, so bad, and they tie all of those feelings and emotions into fame. With fame, it doesn't matter if you hate my guts you're going to still love me in some way. You're going to still awe over me in some way. I get to do like, you know, Eminem or all those when they get up there after they make it famous to all the haters, I just want to, you know, (laughs) exactly. Or you'd be like, God bless. And then you tell them the four ladies in the front row, meet me on the tour bus. You know, it's, it's being able, people love Scarface, um, once you get the money, then you get the power, then you get the woman, whatever the case may be. But even if you're a female, um, people love that power. And people know that people, you know, are attracted to power. And, you know, it's all those things. But it's all the stuff, if you think about it, it's all the emotions that the enemy plays with. It's all the things that he uses. I grew up at a time, I don't know if it's still like that, Manny and Lawrence, where there was a ton of very, very flamboyant drug dealers. And I don't mean flamboyant like, you know, gay or homosexual. I mean like 
flamboyant like you knew they were. You knew by right. the way they dressed. You knew by the cars they drove. Escalades were big back then. Lincoln Navigators. I don't know what it would be now. But if you saw someone with an Escalade or, you know, a Navigator and they always, there was always women with them. They were not the girls you take home to mama, but they were definitely the ones that would turn heads. And, you know, of course they loved that. Look at me, look at who I am, look at what I got, look at who I got with me. And it's just all of that, but it's all the tricks of the enemy, bro. All the tricks of the enemy. Cause he, what did he say to Jesus? He said, I can give you this. I can give you that. I can give you, he goes, you can't give me anything. The father hasn't already. Every, and I think, I think it's almost a, a need to just want to fill like to fill a, an empty void. You're reminding me of a, of a, po- of a podcast that I heard. Uh, I forget which uh, actor Joe Rogan had on, on his podcast. Oh, I love but, Rogues. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, they, they got into this conversation about like, people that want to be actors and famous, like there's a level of crazy in there. And then they, and then they, they started talking about the upbringing. And then they were saying like, you know, more often than not, you're going to find that actors in some way, shape or form had gone through some type of neglect or had gone through something where they didn't get the attention that, that, that they craved. So now the way for them to get it, to feel loved is to, do the acting, which um, is like a path that we've seen in society to become famous and noticed by. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to throw that away. I'm not going to say that's not possible. I don't know, but I think because I'm also, because God's called me into the ministry and he called me into the ministry um, actually right before um, we won our, I went to an event called the encounter in New Hampshire um, like a week before we went to the uh, Beverly Hills Film Festival with the mob movie. And, um, you know, the Holy Spirit just like totally tore me a new one. I just, you know, just, I was on fire. And all of a sudden the direction just went into a completely different route. Um, And now the mission was completely different. It wasn't all for me or about me, 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 me. It was all for became for his glory. And that's what I had to, you know, kind of reel back in like in the last year. And that's why I took some time off. Cause I said, I want everything to come from a very pure place. Cause many people were already saying, you know, we love that your comedy um, is on a level where my six year old can laugh at it. My eight year old, your donkey dunks video, our whole family can get a kick out of it or whatever. So that was nice. And that's still nice to receive that. We've done actually received some of that recently. Um, but I'm like, I want it to come from a right place. I don't want it to be like I saw somebody almost like directly stealing my whole stick um, and doing really, really amazing. You already have copycats? Uh, yeah, <laughs> on TikTok with it. And I'll be honest with you. I'm being transparent because I think more pastors and people need to. It depressed me for a couple hours. I was... I was really down about it. And then I said, you know, I said, no, I said, because now I'm putting my happiness and everything into, into that. And that's not where it needs to lay. Um, You know, so our biggest legacies are definitely with our families, our kids, what we do there, how we raise that generation, and they're going to go on to bless many generations. And our careers, I believe, are our next secondary. But we need more people in the movie industry 
whether it's comedy, whether it's TikTok, dances, whether it's, you know, filmmaking, no matter what it is, we need more uh, people in the ministry to enter that field because that field is over. And I'm, again, I'm going to be bold because uh, your spirit allots me to do so. This, um, we're in a place right now where everything is over-sexualized. Um, oh, yeah. 100%. I don't care what anyone says. Um, whatever I have to do to get attention, to get likes, I'm going to do it. I will be bold again. Um, on Instagram, you know, I enjoy dropping stuff on there. It's fun. You know, the family stuff, Boston dad, ministry, whatever. And it does good. It does okay. You know, but I guarantee you, because I've seen it happen, God bless the most beautiful girl can go on to Instagram with zero followers, zero anything, and in a month surpass by far incredibly surpass me or or whoever else that's on a good level on Instagram probably by thousands because of the utilizing her body or utilizing her sexuality or whatever it is or her beauty or whatever God has given her in the wrong way you know so we're so it's almost like society today goes yes okay great yes give us more of that they applaud that behavior. So, of course, when a girl that's 13, 14 or whatever is going on TikTok that's and right. she's over-sexualized and dancing or whatever not, yeah. and she's being applauded for it with likes and follows and subscribers, what is she going to do, Manny? She's yeah. going to do more of it, more. Yeah. you know, which is what someone of my age needs to watch out for. Just because I have a Boston Dad video that does extremely well doesn't mean I should continue to make the same video over and over and over. I need to be able to, you know, branch out and do other things God would have me do. But it's sad because you're going to come up empty. Yeah, and it's, it's very dangerous too. And, you know, it's, it's, um, it's funny you mentioned like, you know, because I think social media specifically, and I've heard different um, uh, podcasts on this, it does affect young people girls a lot more than it affects boys and part of it is is that you're seeing images out there where it's not even a real human being you know it has so many filters it has so many edits that you as a regular person quote unquote you're looking at this and you're comparing it's like well i'm nowhere near this but not even the person that you're seeing is nowhere near that yeah and uh i mean i think i think social media is such a powerful tool but at the same time it can be uh so dangerous as well um and it's a balance like 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 anything else you know i think that you know we we have to be careful um how we utilize any tool because it can it can be used for good and it can be used for evil absolutely definitely so you know that's why we need more people like yourself, like myself, and a lot of others, you know, out there in the industry, purely uh, dropping, you know, whatever God would have us do. And it's not all oriented with a spiritual message per se, or whatever the case may be. Sometimes it is about showing another side um, of things, being able to do comedy that is clean cut and not, you know, profane or graphic or, you know, vulgar, Um, you know, so it, I, you know, I was going to drop out of doing that and just do ministry, um, I think like a couple of years ago or a year or two ago. And, you know, I got the word time and time and time again. No, that's that's not what God would have me do. Um, you know, he would have me 
do all the facets, but he said, you just got to kind of reel it back in and just be organized about it. That's all. Yeah. So, so here's, here's a question. We um, did like a jump skip to where you're at now. And one of the things that I wanted to find out from you is have you always worked for yourself and worked in the film industry? Like how does that happen? Did, did Daryl ever work a regular job? Did you ever work for somebody else? Mm, I mean, I've had bits. Um, you know, when I was in Vegas, we lived in Vegas for two and a half years. I worked at Mandalay Bay um, in the concert section for a little bit. When I was in L.A., again, they're bits. Um, I worked a night at the Golden Globes, a night at the SAG Awards, a night at the Oscars, which was great. You're right on the red carpet, working the red carpet, and you see the Sopranos all get out of the car, and they all, I think they really thought they were the Sopranos. <laughs> but you see Tom Cruise walking by, you see Russell Crowe. Like in one night, I saw everybody, Angelina Jolie. It was cool. It was great. Worked the Stun Awards, met Schwarzenegger, Vin Diesel, got to talk with Vin. God bless him for a little bit. That was pretty cool. And I realized at that time, Manny, I was on right on their level. I always looked at myself on their level. Like the way I'm talking to you now, I'd be like, hey, Vin, so you did your first film. Now, when that came out, and they're probably thinking like, well, I probably met this guy five years ago, and I don't remember because they meet so many people. But I love talking to people on our level. Um, my dad said they put on their pants the same way you do. I'm like, Oh, that's such an old school saying. But, um, but I did actually, um, Hans was one of my mentors when I was back in, uh, Lawrence back in new England, we were back there. What for like from 2010 to 2014, four years straight promoting the mob movie, finishing it up. We filmed 30 minutes to salvation and all those movies, the mentoring video. I worked for, uh, Oh gosh, what was their name? Uh, that the program there for like two years, and I was like the mentor coordinator director over there, and recruited a ton of mentors and worked mm. with a lot of at-risk youth, uh, which was an amazing job. Yeah, so it was awesome. So, but little little bits. I worked for Showcase Cinemas in high school when I was a kid, but the majority of my life, bro, completely and utterly self-employed. I. Um, when we lived in LA, I was doing strings of music videos. I did like almost 40 of them from like 2002 to like 2004 or five. That's when you couldn't film with your iPhone per se Mm, and do all that. You had to actually hire someone with a camera and, you know, and that was pretty cool. Nobody edited by themselves back then. Um, So yeah, I've, I've pretty much been self-employed and doing this sincerely for many many years that's unusual daryl it is so am i yeah (laughs) why and were you ever scared like it's it's such a and the reason i ask is because there aren't uh there's more people that choose uh security i guess and including myself you know go and going out of you know coming out of school getting a job working for somebody else you get your social security you know you got nice social security but you get your you know your medicare you get uh, your uh, all the uh, health insurance from your company, and there's a sense. Of I thought about scale. that recently, Manny. Don't don't lose your train of thought. I told yeah. my mother last week. I said, "Oh shoot, I'm not going to get any of that." Yeah. <laughs> no, so yeah. So it's funny you say that. I just had that conversation. Thank you for bringing it up again. And yeah, yeah. Right now. Go ahead. Uh, go ahead. So, yeah. so that's so that's my my question to you is that how did you break the mold essentially? Because obviously 
there is a there's a vested interest in our society pushing a certain thing, right? Mm-hmm. Because it, yeah. it works to uh, advantage certain certain people. Mm-hmm. When we have the workers that work for the companies, etc. Yeah. So, how how do you break that mold? I mean, were you always like, I'm never going to work for somebody else? Does that come from somewhere? How did that happen? Yeah, and were you I ever mean, scared? Was there ever I, fear that man, how am I going to make ends meet? I, I it's funny you said, man, it's amazing. I tell you, that's why God is real. Can we just say it? Amen. On the way back here, I just, like, you know, I drove my wife. I dropped her off at Animal Kingdom. Can't do that in New England. Sorry, guys. So it's a Florida. <laughs> oh, I'm just going to drop you off at Disney. <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to drop you off at Disney. Yeah, it's like, there. I'm like, yeah, I'm just going to drop you off at the Loop. But, uh, no. But, uh, but no, seriously, it's, um, I tried, Manny. I mean, I had, I had strings of, bringing back memories. I mean, I was hired right out of high school to work um, as a, Drug and Violence Prevention Counselor Coordinator for International Institute, which is right on Merrimack Street under the bridge um, in Lawrence. And I had a hard time. At the same time I was doing that, I was also had started my own program that was working with at-risk youth. And I put more into that that I was making zero at than the job that was paying me well. I was brought into the office and talked to quite a few times and eventually let go. Um, a year later, I was hired right on Jackson Street to work uh, as the coordinator, project coordinator for junior firefighters. I had a ball. I did that for a year while doing my own, throwing my own dances at Central Catholic and whatever this and that and jams. There were big hip hop jams back then. I had hired artists to actually draw on flyers. I'd go around to the Bruce School, the Leonard and drop them off. And I was always a uh, entrepreneur. I was and I had good jobs. I mean, the junior firefighters, I think at that time I was 20 years old and I was getting paid 500 a week. I mean, that's great yeah. money. It was all my own. I used to go to the polo outlet and buy myself nice clothes. <laughs> my own now. Um, but I had a hard time, bro. I did. When I left Lawrence in 96 to go to L.A. to a uh, crash course film school, I was I was the biggest I had ever been. I was at the Arlington School at the time, leading one of the biggest, largest programs Lawrence had ever seen. Um, I was at my biggest. I had a going away party at my mom's house in Methuen. And kid you not, there was almost 200 people there. There were performances from all these Lawrence performers like uh, Scientific, um, Crumb Snatcher, all the Ed O.G. and the Bull, like all these people that were big in the 90s. I'm aging myself, but it was huge. And I thought to myself for a minute, I can't believe I'm giving this up. And I'm leaving this. And I did. I had, I had to follow my dream. And um, there's been times I, when I drove here, back here for our interview, I was laughing because I, I don't know what made me think of it. It was probably you. It was probably prophetic. Um, two years ago, I wanted to become a general manager for the Cheesecake Factory. You know, really? Wait, I actually you two years ago, two years ago, I just said, I'm done with this. I don't want to do this anymore. Living month to month thinking, man, are we going to make rent this month? What's what are we going to do? How am I going to do it? And there's so many emotions tied to your projects. When you work two, three, four days on an edit and then you drop it and it doesn't do what you want it to do and you tie the whole week's work into it. And you're like, really? When you. Initially, when I did all those Patriot videos and so many 
they, a lot of them went viral. Um, you don't even get a call back from the Patriots or any, like, and you're like, okay, what am I doing this for? I can't even be invited into a game and I'm promoting you. Um, and it's just, yeah, I wanted to be a GM at the Cheesecake Factory. And um, I was almost going to get hired. And my wife said, she said, no, I'm really blessed. Try not to get emotional. I'm really blessed with a spouse that sees um, the talent in me and has always encouraged that. It hasn't been about, you know, I'm not going to say we haven't had moments where it's like, man, we need to be making more or we need to be doing more or whatever the case may be. But she's the kind of spouse where it's like, I don't want you to get a job. I'll almost be insulted if after mm. all these years at 48 years old, you give up and don't get a job. <laughs> You've done this much. You've come this far. Don't give up now. And I, and that's how I feel. I, we talk about podcasts. I enjoy watching again. I'm, I'm not into profanity too much, but they don't swear a lot on that talking Sopranos or whatever, not two of the actors started a podcast. It's done well. Um, and they had Dominic Chinese, I think his name is. He played Uncle June on The Sopranos. And he said, which I did not know, he was 62 living in a studio flat in New York, struggling in some months, you know, not sure if he was going to able, be able to make it. Didn't want to apply for welfare. I think it was going to screw up one of his kids, uh, Social Security or something. And then he got a call for The Sopranos, and it completely saved his life. And I'm like, wow, 62? And then, yeah. you know, you hear about Morgan Freeman, you hear about Rodney Dangerfield, uh, all these different people that it didn't happen for them until later. And I'm thrilled, Manny, because, um, you know, I, I almost drove myself into a very deep, maybe not so healthy Hollywood circle 20 years ago before my wife came along and before we got married and I chose family life over everything else. Um, you know, it wasn't going to be good. You know, and because I think of my childhood and all the stuff that might have come up, I think I might have gotten involved in, in a lot that wasn't going to be very spiritual or very healthy, to say the least. And, um, and I, I think that's what happens to a lot of these folks that we see kind of growing bitter or angry or, you know, looking very worn over a couple of years of being famous is, you know, that lifestyle, I think, does a does a great deal to them and a number on them. So I truly believe because there were many times I went for it like you wouldn't believe, I believe God saved me from a lot. It's easy for people to say that that aren't doing anything to make it happen. But I can honestly yeah. tell you I've done a lot <laughs> to make it happen. So I know that God has definitely intervened a lot and quite a bit, but has sustained us like I, that it just blows my mind. How did we get through that month? How did, how did rent get paid? Huh? Yeah, it's literally, it's, it's like, like, I think about it now. I'm like, wow. Oh, wow. We're still surviving. We're still married. We're, you know, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm so glad that, uh, that you're sharing this with me um, because uh, you don't, you don't hear that side of entrepreneurship as much you know you you all almost often all you hear is the people that made it not necessarily the struggles and yeah. more often than not you don't even hear about the family side of things and I'm glad you brought it up because um I kind of want to talk to you about that because your family you guys are very united you know from yes. from 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 what I've seen in my experience like you guys are all like we're in this team like there's this like this team 
yeah. that, that, uh, that has one goal or that you, get, you guys are in it together and it's very apparent. And you don't always see that in families. You know, maybe you have two of the members that are passionate and the rest are just kind of being dragged along, but it almost feels yep. like everyone is on the same page and we're heading the same direction. Sure. Um, and so can you share about like, you, you know, you shared a little bit about the struggles when, when it came to you being an entrepreneur and providing for the family, et cetera. But uh, how did you build that? Like, how, how, how were you and, and your wife able to um, maintain this family together? And you guys are still, you know, you're still married, obviously. You have your kids yep. and, you know, and, and, and you're still going. Yes. Uh, I will say definitely because I believe as different as my wife and I are on many levels, um, we're very much alike on many levels, too. I mean, my wife comes from we met in L.A. So she was very familiar in the industry uh, for many years. I mean, when she first went out there, uh, she moved from Buffalo. She went out to be an actress, God bless her. And she's very good. And, you know, that was her intent. And she had done a lot of, like, extra work, been in a lot of different stuff, very talented. And her way of making money or means of making money for years was to stay within the industry. And she did. She did nannying for many, many uh, prominent folks. She was a social secretary for many years. And, um, you know, God bless. I mean, she, she learned a lot. So we were, both were artists. So that was a blessing. Um, so, and I realized how um, apparent it was that we were going to be a lot alike because we both enjoyed wearing lookalike uh, outfits or shirts, her and I, uh, early on before our kids even came into play and were brainwashed, you know, so <laughs> which is cool, um, you know, and when we sat on the beach before we even had kids, we were uh, – putting out names of our kids, who we wanted, uh, what we wanted to name them. And I had always signed my cards in the 90s when people wrote cards. Now they just write emails. Um, love, peace, love, and God bless. So I always wanted the names peace and love to be within my kids' names. And she had come up with like earthly names like ocean. And so she loved Soleil, the name Soleil, because it meant sun in French. Well, still does. Didn't, that didn't stop. That's but um, meaning. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so, so son, but yeah, hello. Um, so we were a lot alike and very, both very jolly, very joyful, uh, happy people. We were both happy babies. We both had similar sit situations at home. Her parents, um, that was more of a domestic violence situation that she ran, ran away from. Mine, there was definitely that in there. So we both knew that we wanted to raise our kids differently. Um, we wanted to break the generational curse, which is what Hans helped work on that film too. 30 Minutes to Salvation is all about. Uh, you came to one of the screenings because I remember there yeah. being a picture of you at the Chunkies. I remember you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> picture of you. I took it, so I know it was there. Um, you know, that was a beautiful film and uh, to God be the glory. Um, so yeah, that's, that's what started that. It starts with the root of the parents, Manny. And then the kids were born into that. And, you know, now I'm not going to lie to you. It's a little different, obviously, because Ocean will be 16 next week. God bless him. He's, He's goes huge, to... man. I remember yeah, that kid. He is. So yeah, tiny. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Um, and, uh, you know, he plays lacrosse now, and he's very involved in school. He's very involved in youth group. And so Soleil, God bless her, works. Uh, she goes to college, works a full-time job. So I, it's not like it was five years ago when we first moved here, and they were eight years old and 11 or whatever, where I could say, all right, all our time is our own. We're filming. We're all filming a Boston dad today or a, 
uh, short film. We did one called Redeemed that was supposed to be some of it filmed in Syria and stuff. But, um, you know, it's different now. So now you're going to find a lot of my stuff is more um, solo. And there'll be times where I can sort of find that day or that hour where they're free and reel them in. And, you know, they're very supportive when they do it. They're like, okay, whatever you need. And they enjoy it. But, um, you know, they're in different places in their life. But we're very united where we, you know, have our family talks and discussions. Sometimes it starts out with it gets it's a heated debate, but then yeah. it opens up to this beautiful, like, spiritual awakening. And uh, it's awesome, Manny. But my wife and I 10 years ago almost didn't make it. You know, I was, uh, you know, again, I, it's before God called me back. Um, because I had gone and come back, gone and come back, and I encourage other men now, don't leave, because mm. it's not worth leaving God, it's not le- worth leaving him, because you're going to come back eventually, but you're going to come back with a whole bunch of mess, he's going to take care of it, he'll heal it, but why go out and waste time, there's no time, I almost divorced 10 years ago, because we just I was in a different place. Um, the material I was making, I mean, I'm very proud of the mob movie boys. Don't get me wrong. If I was to make, which I'm going to make a feature film again, it wouldn't have a lot of uh, the vulgarity or profanity that mm. that had, um, you know, and I was just, I was, I wanted to do things the way I wanted to do them. Um, my wife saw more in me than I saw in myself. And I was, I wanted to go and explore um, you don't know what I felt I was missing, which I really wasn't missing anything. <laughs> and, you know, she had, she had left me for like two weeks. I flew from Boston to Vegas and I got back and they were gone. And wow. I, yeah, I was just, and she called me the next day. This woman will do this. They'll, they'll, they'll test you out to see how you feel. And she <laughs> said, well, it's over or whatever not, and I'm thinking to myself and my worldly self and, you know, with worldly goals and thoughts and all that stuff, wanting to be famous and wanting to just full-on career, that's it. Um, You're holding me back from doing what I want to do and which wasn't God's way anyway. Um, And I said, awesome, cool. That wasn't truly how she felt, and I was obviously just reacting, and we had our moments through text or call in the next couple of weeks, which some were not pretty, but I got together with them in Santa Monica, California on the beach two weeks later, very cocky. But when I got together with them and we were together as a family again, um, when I left them, the ride back to Vegas was the longest ride, four hour ride ever. I felt broken, absolutely broken. And I knew I had to get my family back and, you know, thank God I did. And, uh, you know, it was God's will and his intent. And life would have taken a completely different turn. The unity you see would not have been unity. It would have been division. But, and, you know, I have to thank God for that all the time. So I just want to encourage people when you go through that time, work it out, work it through. Um, And what is your intent in leaving the relationship? Uh, My intent, I will tell you, was to follow worldly dreams and worldly things. And what God had in store was much, much better. So oh, yeah. I just want to bring it real because, you know, people see, they see all the, the greatness. And it, for the most part, it always was. But there's those things too, you know, because the enemy will see a, 
He'll see a means. He'll see a, a little something. He'll see a, a little window, and he, he'll work that, you know. So you got to always stay strong, stay on guard, stay armed. Um, I've been very blessed to pray over and see many people at the end of their life. Some of them I didn't know it was going to end. And they all said, man, I regret this. I regret that. I regret. And they're all worldly temporary pleasures that they would bring up that they regretted. And they all turned back and said, I should have been better to my spouse or to my kids or to my family, or I should have been, man, I'm like, you know, if I don't learn something from this, then I'm a stupid person, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. And I think that um, it's a little bit more evident now, you know, just going back to the whole famous thing is that, Mm -hmm. you know, you hear of all these artists and people that, you know, in, in quotations, they have the world, right? They have all the money they'll ever need. They have all the things that they'll ever need. They can get whatever they want. And many end up taking their lives or they end up in depression. So, you know, clearly you, you know, us wanting to quote unquote be famous for the sake of being famous because we're going to somehow be happy. That's mm-hmm. not reality, you know? And, and I think that, you know, and, and, you know, you're a testament to that is that, man, like we forget how much of an impact we can have on just the people around us, you know? And, and, and I think that when you have a child, like your mind changes and it changes completely because yeah. I'll tell you, man, if, if anything ever gets in the way of me and my family job wise or otherwise, I'm dropping that in a second. Like there Woo! isn't anything, you know, yes. <laughs> it's, awesome. uh, and, uh, family is such a blessing and it's sad that, you know, more and more in society, we're like discarding that for, you know, these quote unquote materialistic dreams that at the end of the day, won't even bring you happiness. So like, what's the point? That's true, bro. That's very, very, very true. No, it won't. And um, you'll be high as a kite for a night or for a week or, you know, a month, maybe. I don't know. I mean, it really depends. I'll tell you that the last night we did 30 Minutes to Salvation, we had the screening at Chunkies and I think we did them all in Pelham, Pelham, New Hampshire. I'm pretty sure, which I missed that uh, restaurant. They had the best nachos. (laughs) But um it was, dude, it was just so on fire. We prayed over so many people, or with, I should say, so many people. And I was, I didn't sleep that whole night. The next night I woke up, I went to Latitudes and like did like 30 minutes on the, ele- I mean, I was on fire. I mean, but within a couple of days, the fire subsides and, you know, you're, what do you, what is going to sustain you at that point? Boys, the mob movie. I went years of editing, years um we premiered the movie it was in londonderry at o'neill cinemas i didn't know if it was a good movie i didn't know if it was junk i didn't know didn't know i had no idea didn't no clue watching it with all the cast and crew obviously was a private screening i think hans was there i think um hey i I was there yeah so (laughs) but um oh hans did you come into me yeah so um but no um we got a standing ovation it was the first time that ever happened because I had screened a few things before. That feeling was incredible. But now, okay, what's your next project? What's your next movie? You see what I'm saying? So you won't sustain off of that. You have mm-hmm. rock stars that tell you that all the time, that the reason they went and got into drinking and excessive women or drugs or whatever is that feeling they got on stage playing to thousands, that feeling that comes 
from there to you, um, they weren't getting that at home. They weren't getting that when they were out at a rec. They needed that constantly, you know? So it's like, what's sustaining you? You know, what is sustaining you? You know, so that's why I wanted to come back to a place of prayer and a place of having that quiet time with God and go, I want to make sure I'm doing all of this for all the right reasons, all the right reasons. Um, you know, I'm very careful. And, you know, I like even like when churches sometimes will post and they'll go 70 saved today or 50 say I'm not knocking that if your heart is from, oh, my gosh, I am so enormously happy that so many people that came to the Lord today, if that's it, wow, come on. If your heart is to say, hey, this is how many attendees we had, and this is why our church, then that's wrong. But only the person posting it or the video or the post knows truly what their heart is, you know? Yeah, and I, if our source is correct right here, then we'll always be good, and we'll always be happy regardless, you know? If our video does two views or it does two million views, you know, the happiness has to be here to start with. No, that's right. And, um, you know, you, you, you share your, um, your faith quite openly. And, and I think that that's admirable, especially uh, with the temperature of today's society and how Christians are, are looked at. Um, yeah. When it comes to, like, you're, you're in a very public space, how um. How do you approach that? And not only that, but when it comes to like your movies and your content, how do you balance that, um, you know, wanting to bring, um, you know, the, the word of God and, and bringing that message versus, I mean, I think, I don't want to say like, you know, like a worldly um, content because it's, it's not, right? Because, you know, you're coming from, from a place of, of faith, you know, you are a servant of God. So whatever you make is always going to be within that context. But yes. I think that, you know, people sometimes kind of okay is, is this too religious for the audience is this like not enough am i yeah. am i doing like my part to share that like how does that internal conversation happen with you and the stuff that you know you you try to work on creatively you have you know manny you have to trust your heart and trust your discernment you'll see like within the next week um I was. I realized last last Sunday night we didn't do the Facebook live with the sermon because it was the Super Bowl. Um, this tomorrow we're not because it's Valentine's or whatever the case may be. But God put an idea in my heart where I have a message where I'm going to be very transparent. Actually, it's an interesting. You bring up some of my childhood. Um, he gave me that kind of subject. Talk about childhood a little bit, um, and I'm going to incorporate like um, just a few different movie clips and things in there with it. Um, and um, I'm going to do it YouTube because I'm going to stay like you. I'm proud of you. I'm going to stay um, very uh, dedicated to YouTube because one thing I want to encourage you or anyone else on social media, I'm getting away from it, but I'll reel back in, I promise, um, is don't start going all over the place. I started with YouTube, started generating incredibly well. Facebook started giving me my like, follow, um, view, fix. And I started to compare that with YouTube, drop it on YouTube, 300, drop it on Facebook, 3,000, drop it on YouTube, 3,000, drop it on Facebook, 300,000. So it's like, but had I, you know, I want to encourage people, stay on the road. Had I stayed with YouTube, it'd be on a whole nother level, but I- This is not a sponsored ad, right? Well, Facebook, listen, here's the thing. 
Facebook has disappointed me a few times in the last year. I dropped a video. Um, it did well. It was called uh, God Loves Patriots Fans or whatever. And I, was, I, I heard the voice of God saying, the Pats are going to win. This is when Brady was still with the Pats. And Facebook uh, t- took my video off. And I'm like, what? Interesting. YouTube left it on. Facebook took it off. They took it off to the point where the game was over. Season was done, so they could look at it, go, oh, it's okay, then threw it back on there. Nobody cares about the video. Now, You, I totally lost anything I would have received. Yeah. Um, and then I dropped a video when um, the Pat, the Pats, I still screwed up, when Brady won the playoffs and um, with uh, Tampa like two weeks ago, like a, like a reaction video. Very quick, no edits, nothing. Um, did great on Facebook, but they dropped my ads on it because in the first minute of the video, I made a joke and I said, honey, I'll go to Disney. I'll even wear the mask. I don't care if I pass out, I'll still wear it. Mm. Dude, it's a true statement. It's 80 degrees out. Yeah. It's humid. <laughs> you know, it's, I have a deviated septum. If I put a mask on at Disney for four hours, I might pass out. Right. So, I mean, I'm not, I, I'm not opposing Facebook, your views on where you're going with this, but what the, the, what you're driving forward, if that's your political view, but it's a joke. It's a true to life joke. Like you took my ads off. So I made zero on that video. And I I was so mad. I didn't release that on YouTube. So now I'm like, I don't care. I'm doing just YouTube. So now, like, for example, the multiple personality one I did, I think did like 600 views on YouTube, which for YouTube is good. Right. Had I dropped that on Facebook, it would have done easily 6,000 or more or whatever. But I'm like, I don't care. It's not about that. I'm sticking true to YouTube. Not only that, someone goes, hey, what's your, even if it's Facebook, they'll say, oh, I saw your YouTube video. It wasn't a YouTube video. It was a Facebook video. Um, They'll go, what's your YouTube channel? Boom. Dude, they go on YouTube, put in Manny or Boston. Easy to come up. Facebook. Yeah, it was the video I posted last year. All right, hold on. Let me scroll for like four hours. No, (laughs) stick with YouTube, bro. And anybody watching, you can do your Facebook video for a quick fix. Not that that's a bad thing. Some things work better with the Facebook format. But if you're serious about video and anything you're doing, do YouTube. But anyway, so reeling back in, I got really <laughs> passionate here because I'm like, because I know why people go Facebook. I've been there. I did it. It was at the very beginning when Facebook video started and it got me. You know, they got yeah. me and now they're trying to get me back and it's not happening. I don't like that. I should have freedom of speech. Right. You know, um, we dropped another video that was very spiritual. Sorry, we'll let it on there, but we're taking your ads off. No, I'm done with you guys. I'm sorry. Uh-uh. Nope. So as far so there's actually a, I'm almost answering the question in that way right there. So uh, stick with you two. But my thing is you have to stay true to whatever your heart is. We uh, did the film Finding Freedom, uh, faith-based film. And, you know, it's done very well on YouTube. And the subject matter at the end, it makes it very apparently clear that I gave up and I, I wasn't a drinker. My dad was, I didn't do drugs. My dad did, but, um, that I gave up the drinking. I gave up the drugs. I, my heart was changed because of Jesus. And 
at first when I was finishing writing that script, I'm like, that totally takes it on a whole nother level. Um, now it's become truly a faith-based film. It's not just a general, I gave up drinking because I went to AA. I gave, and not that anything's wrong with that, but I knew that it was Christ that truly in the Holy Spirit changed my life because I know who I was. I know where I was going. I knew what my thought process was. I knew what was going to happen with my marriage. And it was truly God that intervened. So if I don't write that into the film and make that part of the message, then I'm doing it so that it might do a little bit more and not restrict it so much. But I know it's, I know that the only one who can truly, truly save us is Jesus Christ. So I'm not afraid to state it, you know? So what I'm going to gain more by doing that and people will be mm -hmm. more abundantly blessed than trying to grab a few more views or more popularity. Cause I didn't say it. And people need to know more of us uh, because, again, what the media will portray or the agenda they will push is completely different. You always have to go to YouTube to find out who's a Christian and mm -hmm. what celebrity is a Christian because the media will never tell you. The only agenda they will push is that if you're a Christian, you support this person or that party politically, and because you do, this is who you are, and this is what you believe and what you stand for. It's that simple. And no. that's, they need to hear the other side. Yeah, no ifs, ands, or buts, right? Yes. <clears throat> yeah, it's a, it's a, it kind of goes full circle, right? Staying true to yourself, to who you are, what you want to share, and the impact that you want to have in this world. Because uh, I think that there's, there's a fine line where, you know, you do end up eventually building an audience, right? Yes. And you do take them into account to a certain extent, but you can't, you know, give up what the passion that you started with completely for that. Because then now you're no, the reason why you started doing that in the first place now is lost. So yep. where do you end up? You know, yes. the, it, it would be a sad place to end up where now you're just doing content, not because you're passionate about what you're sharing, but just because now, just because of the likes or that people are expecting that from you, you yeah. know? Manny, bring it home, brother. Bring it home. It's so true. A lot. I don't know if YouTubers still do it. I know it was a huge thing for a while. TikTokers do it. So that must be the case. Um, what's hot right now? What's trending? What's it? Jump on that. Uh, do the bubble. I'm, again, I'm making up words. Do the bubble <laughs> challenge. Do the, do the chili challenge. Do the red hot pepper challenge. You know, whatever it is, I got to do whatever is going. And you're just, you've, you have no identity. You're just doing trends just to, be a parent, mukbang, when that was a big thing, people would go and eat food and it was called mukbang on uh, YouTube, not that long ago, two years. And uh, I was like, everybody did it. You know, it's like, whatever's trending, I'm jumping all over it. I'm going to do it. And it's not authentic to who they are. They're just doing it to get likes or views. But, you know, the people that I see are, that are truly growing and truly doing very, very well, like long-term are sticking with one particular facet and it's usually right. what they enjoy what they love what they're good at because your audience will find you they really will and if they really love you even if you're kind of doing a couple different things like that's just going to be the way i am it is who i am you can go on the youtube you'll see a mob movie 
And then you'll see Boston Dad, and then you'll see this motivational message that I was prompted to share. So whomever the dedicated subscribers or followers become, they're just, they're going to be people who truly love myself and everything that comes from me. Um, It's like when we had investors for our movie, both our feature films, they were investors. And, you know, I would say to the people, they must love the scripts. They, they must love them. No, you know, modestly speaking, people would say, no, they love you. You know, they want to support you. They believe in you. Um, and that's so true. That's really what it comes down to. And I said, I never thought of it, but I guess, yeah, if I came to the table cocky or was this kind of person or whatever, not, or that kind of person, I would assume that they wouldn't put their hard earned money uh, mm-hmm. as an investment into the project if I was that kind of person versus who it is that I am. So stay true to who you are. Um, and you'll run yourself ragged trying to stay up with every trend there is to stay up mm-hmm. with. And don't compare. I learned I can't compare myself to a 12-year-old, you know, who doesn't have kids, who's not married, who doesn't have a mom they take care of, and my rent they need to pay. <laughs> I can't compare <laughs> myself to a 12-year-old. And I can't With YouTubers, I can't compare myself to a, not that there's anything wrong with that, to a 20-something-year-old that lives in their mom's basement still, who has no responsibilities, who's got 24 hours a day to him or herself. We're in a different we're in a different part of our life. So that's why we need to be more structured and we need to plan things out more um, if we want to do very well at that. Yeah, and uh, I think it's it's very important. One thing that that you mentioned that I think is key is that, you know, more and more people um, should not be afraid to get out there and and share their views. And part of the reason why I started doing these interviews is is that, to me, it's it's crazy that the mentality in our society is if somebody if 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 somebody's famous because they did a movie, then I should be looking to them and listen to them and value their opinion when it comes to science, when it comes to politics, when it comes yeah, to yeah. family, where it's like, that's not even what they're famous for. You exactly. don't even know their capacity on that end. Mm-hmm. And I just want to have conversations with uh, amazing people that are doing interesting things because there's, mm-hmm. dude, there, there's an entire world in a human being. Like that's crazy. Yeah. And there's so many things that we could learn from each other if we just yep. took the time to to have a conversation and to stop paying attention to all the to you know to all these people that are like super famous where like yeah. you could probably learn more from somebody that is going through some of the things that you're going to than somebody that you know is completely detached on a whole new different facet of their life, you know? A hundred percent. Definitely. Absolutely. Well said, bro. Beautifully. I love it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's uh, doing the whole creative thing with the videos and, and talking to people has definitely been an interesting experience. And, uh, you know, hearing you talk, we didn't get it. We didn't get into um, the film aspect of it. And I think we're going to have to do a part two because I'm definitely sure. interested in like, all right, what's your process like when it comes to like the scripting, getting the actors, putting sets together, getting yep. investors and all that stuff. Yeah, um, I think that'd be so interesting to share that with people because you're, I mean, you're taking, you're starting from scratch and you're yeah. building a film. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's so crazy. It is. Um, yeah. But um, 
as we're closing up here, I think that one of the things that um, I wanted to ask you, just in lieu of everything that we've we've talked about, and specifically, mm-hmm. I think we talked a lot about, you know, being creative and putting and staying true to yourself and putting content out there that you believe is valuable and not just pantering to people. Like, yeah. what are uh, the few things that, and you spoke a little bit about it, there's things that you've had to learn and they are things that um, you have chosen to focus on. So mm-hmm. could you just one more time share the things that you're keeping in mind these days after 20 years of experience to really try to get that content out there and, and staying true, true to, to who you are and, and what you want to bring to the world? Absolutely. I will say that there is a blessing Don't ever get discouraged by how long it takes you. Don't ever get discouraged by age. Um, I actually feel healthier now um, than I ever have. Even when I was in my 20s, I feel healthier, more vibrant. Um, I'm going to definitely fool your audience completely next time we do part two because maybe I'll be completely shaven. And they're like, who's that? (laughs) Is twin? God bless. Yeah. So, but, um, you know, I say the more mature you are, the more you've learned, the more you've struggled, the more you've gone through, the more people you've met, um, the more things you've seen come and go, um, the better of a person you're going to be and the more of a blessing you will be. Um, So I want to encourage people there. It's never too late if that is truly something you desire to do, are passionate to do. If it's happened for one person, it can happen for you. I will say definitely, um, again, I think realizing what your gifts and your talents are, realizing what makes you happy, what you love to do and what you want to be doing. And, you know, again, it's nice when you see a particular uh, person who's a pastor of a church and that's really their number one goal. That's all they have. And which is great. That's enough. Um, And they're just driving forward towards that. Um, sometimes I felt envious of that where I've said, man, I wish it was just, I was one dimensional. It would be so much easier, but I realized that's not the cup that God has given me. Uh, he's given me a cup that it's not just a cup. It's a whole table setting. Um, so I've got to do, you know, I've got a whole table setting to take care of, you know, understanding that now it's going to take you. And if you haven't been, you need to become uh, more organized, more structured, more planned out and decide what you're going to do, how you're going to do it. And if it's something you truly are passionate and love to do, don't give up if it doesn't at first turn out the way you think it should and how it should. Um, always expect the best, but don't allow your expectations and the outcome uh, to affect you and what you do next. So with me, it's the, I know I want to do the feature film. Um, I know I got to go after doing that. So that's in the works. I've got to make that plan. I know I want to continue to do the Boston dads. Um, I want to do some stuff that's more true to the way I think my heart Um, I think the whole Tom Brady thing and all that, that I've done, I think is fun. It's cool. But I will be honest and say that I've kind of fallen into that from just my passion for the Pats years ago over the years. But I found that this year, I'm going to be very transparent with you. I was more so kind of like, oh, wait, Brady's 
doing great. He started out horrible the first season, but yet he bounced back. I, I found that to be very inspiring. So I kind of got on that, but like towards the end, I'm thinking, yeah, maybe that won't happen next year, no matter what happens with Brady, because that's not authentically in my heart the way it once was. It was almost like doing a greatest hits album, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, so staying true to what it is you love. I have an idea where Boston Dad and Friends, again, multidimensional characters, go to Dunkin' Donuts or go to Walmart. I'm excited about that. And if I'm excited about it, go for it. Um, with the, uh, the way I'm going to be sharing my sermons, um, I'm excited to release that first one. And, you know, after doing so many off of Facebook Live and see how that goes. And, you know, introducing, again, these multidimensional themes uh, to my audience. I'm dedicated, Manny, to rebuilding because I took a lot of time off and gave that time to Facebook, who was Facebook mm. was my mistress. You know, uh, YouTube was my second wife. Sorry, babe. Um, you know, and Facebook became a mistress because the Facebook uh, lured me in with all of that. Oh, come over here and get more views and get more likes and get more, you know, all that. But I'm like, oh, I got to get back to my first love, you know. Uh, I'm not going to allow TikTok to deter me either. You know, and now everyone, of course, is like, no, oh, YouTube, go to TikTok. No, don't deter me. Leave me alone. I'm finally getting my focus back. Um, I'll drop like 60-second stuff on TikTok and just drop it and walk away. I don't mind that if it says zero, <laughs> like a day later, I don't care. Like, I truly don't care. I take screenshots because if that ever changes – if that's God's will, cool. It'll be something to look back on. But I do it because I have to do it. But stay stay focused. Don't go all over the place. Um, you know, and that's, I guess that's my biggest encouragement to people. I hope that answers your question. And I hope that helps your viewers. No, I think so. And I, the, the only thing that I would, uh, I guess, emphasize on is, is that you know, most of the people that you see that uh, make it, they're more often than not, 10 years in the making. You know, you just met them right at the end when they got famous. If not, so, depending you know, on the going, it, it takes a while for, for you to break into any industry, you yep. know, whether it's entertainment, whether it is content creating, whether it is, yep. you know, a career. You know, it yep. takes 10 years for you to become a vet and really know what you're doing. So uh, definitely yeah. keep at it for sure. There's no question. And remember, it's what you're... It's, it's how God's building you and what you're building personally that means everything. Dude, you can, you can go and make it famous or make it big or, you know, whatever not, you know, next month or next year. And if you don't have it together inside, guess what, bro? Guess what? Not you personally, obviously. Guess what? You're going to cheat on your wife. Guess what? You're going to start getting involved and, oh, I never did drugs. I never this, never that. Yeah, but all of a sudden you're in the middle of a party and there's all these uh, goodness knows what kind of people, you know, and it looks good. And you just saw this guy get high and he's like, you're like, wow, it must feel good. Yeah, what's one? Telling you, it's like bad company corrupts good character. So the most important thing you can be doing in the process is becoming a stronger better person in the faith. That is the main thing. And I truly believe that. Uh, we were given a word years ago. It's like, God has got you guys like this. It's like a bow and arrow. You know, I think that was the analogy. And he's just holding on to it. And, uh, you know, and I'm not going to say that this particular person was our biggest fan 
or even loved us or liked us as people all that much because we our views and how we see things and saw things and still continue to are vastly different um how we see ministry is completely different but this person was still obedient um in the spirit and said god's got you guys like this and he's just waiting to let go and launch and i'll never forget that i'll never forget that before i moved my mom here um, to Florida when I was so frustrated because things were so toxic for her back in uh, New England in so many situations, I would say to God, God, I, I don't get you. And he said, I'm moving all the chess pieces. And when it's time, it is all going to happen. And man, those chess pieces moved in the most amazing ways you could possibly think of. And he always fulfills his promise. If he gave you that talent, if he gave you that gift, if you gave you that passion, he is just going to ask you to be able to hone all of what he's giving you, learn it, but at the same time, be ready for it. He doesn't want right. to destroy one of his own. It, what, what was all the 10 years, 20 years of him building you to be who you are for him to just release you and he releases you and you're just, it destroys you, just absolutely destroys you. So I say to people, whatever the weakness is, if you have one, some people maybe don't. Get it in check. And you, not you, Manny, but whoever's what, you know what it is. You know what it is. Get it in check so that God can go ahead and promote you. I believe it. Some people will argue that and go, oh, that, trust me, it's not an excuse. I've worked my bum off. I know when what has happened has happened because of God, and I know what not has happened because of various reasons. So, you know, but be ready because he wants, he wants to utilize you in the greatest way possible, but not for you to be like, look at all this glory. It's like, no, right. this is truly all about God. And, we, and I want to encourage more people in the faith to be transparent. Tell the true story. Tell the real story. You know, say if you're struggling or whatever, say it, you know. Like, like state it. People want to be able to relate to you. They want to know, hey, you know, I'm struggling too, you know? So, yeah. Yeah, I think uh, sometimes we just get too caught up in, uh, in trying to be perfect and putting up a front. And oftentimes, you know, when we share those vulnerabilities is where we, we open up uh, opportunities to be able to, to talk to people and then to share yeah. God as well. Amen. Um, but yeah, man, I appreciate you and I appreciate you um, taking this time. I know that we had to move stuff around yeah, and yeah, schedule yeah. a little bit, yeah. but I'm glad that we were able to make it happen. And yeah. uh, Anybody that listened to that part right there, like, they're probably, yep, that's him. Yep, he did that to me too. Yep, that's right. He hasn't changed. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. I, I'm definitely glad that we were able to make it happen. I think- Amen. Uh, there were yeah. a lot of great nuggets that, that we were able to share today. And uh, we're definitely going to be doing a part two, all right? Yes. Woo! I look forward <laughs> to it, Manny. Sounds good, man. Thanks a lot for your time. Appreciate uh, it. It's an honor. Same here, Manny. Much love, my friend. All right. Talk to you later. Bye.